0: Hey, everybody. This is Brian Bickford with Mainly Matters, and this is the Travel and Tourism Channel. I'll be interviewing people about their travel experiences, their travel businesses, and more importantly, about what makes Maine vacation land. You know, I talk a lot about these statistics that there's 37 million people that visit Maine every single year. It's a driver to our economy. We make money from it. It sprinkles money across the state Um, It's just fun to be here. I'm from Maine. Um, I love this area. There's a lot of character to this state, a lot of things to do. If you can't find something to do in this state, then you're just not looking. There's just too much to do here. So in terms of tourism, this is the place to come. A lot of people are starting to come this time of year. Um, Hotels are starting to fill up. May 1st, we're going to start to see a big surge here, I think. Um, that we haven't seen in about a year because of the pandemic. So, hey, tonight, oh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Maybe a little scary. I don't think so. But it'll just be fun to talk about one of our favorite um, sons of Maine, and that would be Stephen King. Uh, I've got a great panel this evening. I've got three people here of different generations, different ages, but they're all super fans of Stephen King. First of all, I want just want to introduce. Jamie Tinker, who is the um, the founder and the uh, director of SK Tours. Hey, how are you, Jamie?
1: Hi, thanks for having me. I'm having a great time.
0: Oh, great. Thanks for coming. I also have on the line here as well, as I have Michael Hayden. Michael Hayden actually lives in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He uh, works at Villanova in uh, multimedia. He's got a master's in Villanova. But this guy will put his friends in a van and a car, and he will drive – Two main at the at the drop of a hat, just to talk about and see things that are Stephen King. How are you, Mike?
2: I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh, I' so really excited to have you here. Um we also have a twelve year old who is from St. George. He goes to St. George School. He is a a new reader. um he's re- He's actually read eight books of Stephen King, and he's become what I believe is our new super fan gener- generation. This is Isaiah Felton. Hi, Isaiah.
3: Hi, thanks for having me here today. Oh,
0: it's so excited to have you. Also, I just want to say that Isaiah is joined by his mom as well, and her name is Keely. Hi, Keely. Hi, good
1: evening.
0: Oh, so we're so happy to have everybody here. This is a great panel, there's a lot to get going here. I'm going to start with you, Jamie. So, you have a tour business actually um, showing people identifying certain locations that have been in a Stephen King book. Can you talk a little bit about that, about SK Tours?
1: Yeah, we spend about three hours on a tour driving through Bangor talking about Stephen King's life, his writing, his charitable works, along with some items that uh, were filmed in Bangor response where he has said that uh, inspiration has come from.
0: You know, one of the things that I've seen on on your site uh, and doing research for the show is that um, you're, tell me about, I I don't want to say it, but tell me about where your guests come from.
1: Uh, they they come from all over. Half of our, our guests actually come from Europe and Canada. Wow. So we get a lot of people from all over the world. We don't get as many you know, Asians as I'd like, but mm-hmm. we get a lot of people from Europe and Canada, and then uh, the other half mostly from the United States.
0: Well, it's kind of interesting, but I, I have worked um, all over Europe and Asia, but sometimes when I try to explain people where I'm from, you know, they, I say, you know, Boston first and then I go Portland and then I go like I'll say specifically where I'm from and I don't get much eye movement or excitement about it well I'm from the place that Stephen King's from and they go oh Stephen King you know and, and whatever accent <laughs> and it's kind of funny because he is known everywhere in every corner of, of the world you know and you know so, so Michael Hayden um so you've been You've got quite a history here um, with Stephen King. Can you talk a little about that early history that you and I spoke about earlier in the week?
2: Sure. So uh, th- this is an absolutely true story. I have pictures at my kindergarten graduation to prove this. But <laughs> when I was little, uh, around four or five years old, I saw the miniseries It for the first time. And I should not have watched it. Obviously, I was terrified. <laughs> but, but I loved it. There was something about it that just kept bringing me back to it. And so for my kindergarten graduation, I asked my grandparents for the VHS copy of it. So they go into the video store. They think, oh, look, it's a clown movie. He's going to love this. There's a big clown in <laughs> the front. I have pictures of little me like with it at my kindergarten graduation. And, and so you know, years later, when I'm in high school, I, I go back to the book, right? Right. And I'm experiencing these themes of growing older and childhood, you know, as it's happening in the book, I'm experiencing it because this was also what I associated with, with my childhood, right, with, with me being little. So I had, right. I had these really great parallels. And to this day, it is my favorite book uh, for that reason. It's, it's an experience that, like no other, just because of that real world um, you know, kindergarten graduation story.
0: You're still carrying that enthusiasm just in your voice, you know, and Isaiah, <laughs> who's 12, um, Isaiah, just tell me a little bit about, um, just tell our, our listeners about how you got started with Stephen King.
3: Um, yeah, so I had been reading dystopian and fantasy, um, books before, and I had just been getting into horror movies. Mm-hmm. So I, I, of course I had already knew, known about Stephen King at the time. Right. So I wanted to find some Stephen King books to read. So me and my mom looked through some different books and we found the Dark Tower. And since I'd been into Fantasy and Dystopian, we started with that. And then I read four of those and went on to a bunch of different Stephen King.
0: So when when you think of clowns now, Pennywise, what, what do you how do you feel about it? What what goes on in your head when you think of clowns?
3: Um I don't know. Well so i ha- i'm not like terrified of them anymore like before i had read the book i they're creepy um and sort <laughs> of scary but right. then like after like watching the um movie especially it just wasn't it was still scary but it was more like i knew them more and wasn't as scary as before
0: yeah, I got that. Hey, and Jamie, uh, when you start a tour, what is a question that comes up? Like, where, where do most people want to see, I would imagine, this house? But, uh, you know, where else are, are people really interested? They can't wait to see something. What is? What are those things that you take them on that they're really excited about seeing?
1: Well, they, there's obviously, we end at Steve's house, mm-hmm. and that is amazing. Right. Uh, people love Mount Hope Cemetery. Mm. That's a cemetery in Bangor. It's the second oldest garden cemetery in America, so it's it's beautiful to look at. Mm-hmm. And it also happened to be in the first Pet Cemetery movie. And another big win is the storm drain where Georgie <sighs> meets Pennywise in the right. book. It mm-hmm. that's a that's a big fun one right there.
0: And that's the corner of
1: that's a corner. I know it as Union Street and Jackson. Right, but people who know the book it and know Derry call it Witcham. And Jackson,
0: Right. Is that right, Mike? Does he have his facts right? <laughs> I
2: can confirm that that is correct. <laughs> okay.
0: Hey, Isaiah, have you been on the tour yet?
3: Oh, uh, well, when we first went to Bangor, we just we looked at some of the places online and we went to them by ourselves, although I do wish we did the tour.
0: OK, we're going to try to get uh, that put together for you after this show today. Um, would that be OK, Michael? We can try to work that out. Jamie?
1: Oh, absolutely!
0: Okay, great. Um, so, talk to me a little bit about um, uh, one of the most famous towns that are that are spoken that he, spe- he uses quite a bit in his books, Jamie. Uh, say that again. So, Derry is one of the towns that he talks quite a bit about. Talk about the the origin of, of Derry. Oh, uh, Derry! Uh, you know,
1: the the city of Bangor he turned into Derry. Yeah, and he. He made it 30 miles to the west of Bangor, because in Northern Ireland, this place called Londonderry, 30 miles to the west of Bangor in Northern Ireland. And he started by using that as a location for a very dark story. Mm -hmm. And the reason Bangor became Derry is because we have canals. We have four canals. We have two canals and four bridges uh, through our downtown with Kanduskake and Penobscot kind of muddle about Mm -hmm. and he got the idea one day of a troll under a bridge from the original children's story three billy goats Mm -hmm. and that's how dairy started in his head that's how bangor became the location for dairy because we have the bridges that in his mind those trolls were originally under and then it turned into monster under a city and then clown in the sewer.
0: Right, right. And, and Mike, I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit about um, hmm. Randall Flag. Does that ring a bell to you?
2: That that does ring a bell. It's the dark man. Yeah.
0: Can you talk a little bit about how he keeps reappearing?
2: Oh yeah, sure. So uh, Randall Flag, uh, obviously, we we kind of get to know him uh, mainly through. Uh, the stand that's where he makes his first grand appearance though he did show up in a in a poem steve wrote in college called the dark man right. uh but randall Flagg uh is he's a bit of a complicated character because uh in the dark tower universe he kind of serves uh the crimson king right which is this main uh baddie that's trying to cause the tower to collapse and put all of existence into the ash darkness that is outside of our reality right Right. But, uh, but but the Man in Black actually has a bit of ulterior motives, and he's trying to kind of usurp the Crimson King. But I don't right. want to get too much into that. But right. uh, a really great—you know, I don't want to spoil it for, for all of those constant readers that haven't gotten to the end of the Tower yet. But sure. uh, w- one of the really great things about the, uh, the SK Tours of Maine is uh, Jamie takes us—it's right by Mount Hope Cemetery to mm. the original Inspiration— for Randall Flag where where Steve got the name so it, when you go on the tour there's this really awesome experience that you're in the town of Derry but there's so many different ideas from from Steve's brain that you're pulling from all over the place right like it's it's not just about Derry you can really see how these real life things find their ways into his writings. And I think that's something that's really, really awesome. Yeah.
0: And Isaiah, you know, you're kind of, you, you started with the dark dark towers and what was your impression of, um, of Roland, the other uh, gunslinger? Uh, what was
3: that?
0: What were you, what were your impressions of your first book um, dark tower and, and the lone gunslinger?
3: Um, it was different than any other thing I had ever read. Like mm-hmm. it was a very original story. So it took from the fantasy right. element, but did mix in a little bit of that horror. right And it was sort of like a slow chase book, not like slow that it dragged on, but that so much stuff happened during that chase.
0: Yeah, yeah. now were there were there certain things that you identified with in, in that book?
3: Um yeah there were many different things
0: mm-hmm.
3: Um mm-hmm.
0: yeah such as
3: uh um
0: were there things that uh, that you felt that were um kind of it, it kind of you sort of across some borders between uh you know uh, reality and kind of um fiction um, talk to me a little bit about that.
3: Oh yeah. Okay. So um, yeah. It definitely, definitely at the very end, yes. it had this amazing um like I it was probably around three pages long. Yes. Just a transcript of, uh, I it it was sort of like a theory. I guess you could call it a theory, more of an analogy mm-hmm. of. Reality itself, and I remember reading that and just thinking, "Whoa, right
0: it was crazy." So, when you you you're an influencer, I mean, all three of you are influencers when it comes to your enthusiasm with Stephen King, Isaiah. What, how, what do you what do? You, what do you? How do you talk to your friends about something that you've read? How do you get them enthusiastic about Stephen King novels?
3: Um. Well, I my friends uh, They don't really read Stephen King or that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I do have one friend. He does, like, he's a fan of horror movies. So I'll, and sometimes I'll tell him about what I was reading. And usually I go to the horrific parts, I guess, uh, since those are the parts that he's most interested in. Right. But usually they, they just, I don't know. I usually just read them by myself.
0: So Jamie, You know, there's a a lot of characters that come in and out of Stephen King books. What character would you like to see come back? Is there any character you'd like to see come back?
1: You know, I haven't seen enough of Father Callahan. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I haven't seen enough of him. We we meet him in Salem's lot. He shows up here and there. He kind of muddles around. You see him in... Un, like absolutely unsuspected places, but we never hear what happens to him between his appearances in various books. Right, right. So I want to know what he what he's been doing for forty years and in various you know in various worlds. Like what 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 is he doing? He's the one that. I need to start, you know, writing down on a timeline as I read books. I'm rereading every book in the order it was published right okay. now, mm-hmm. and he's one of those characters I need to keep finding. And what happened between those ten years, ten year gaps with Father Callahan? He's the one for me.
0: And, and Michael, in the in the world of prequels, what book should have a prequel?
2: Who, that's a really good question. Well, it's a bit, it's a bit of a. Uh, it's a bit of an obvious choice because me and uh, me and Jamie actually talked about this the other day. Um, that it is perfect for a prequel, right? Because right. it it comes back every 27 years, and there's so many different iterations of what he was doing. Like you, you could make an entire story about the Kitchener Ironworks, right? You right. could make an entire story about um the fire at the Black Spot. You could make an entire story. Uh, about those original dairy settlers that that disappeared, and I, I think that that would probably be the most fascinating of them all, right? To see mm-hmm. to see this creature from the Todash darkness that came and and hid under the city and attracted all these people, um, you know what he did the first time he saw them. Right? I, I think that I think that would be or what she did she did, I should say uh, yeah. when when they finally show up because I think that would be something really amazing
0: to see. yeah, I just uh, there's a couple of things I want to touch on here. I want to go back uh, with you, Jamie. um early life of Stephen King. can you give a little bit the different places that he's lived in maine?
1: Uh, well, he lived in when when he went to he went to college at the University of maine before that, you know he lived he went to high school in Lisbon. And he traveled, he bounced around because his mother really relied on the charity of other family members because you know, they weren't doing well financially. Mm-hmm. He came up to the University of Maine. He was in the dorm rooms of Orono and then he got an apartment in VZ. And then after they graduated, they moved to a double-wide trailer in Herman, Maine. Mm-hmm. And then from there... Uh, after Carry was sold the the advance of Carry he moved his family from a double wide trailer in the woods of Herman Maine to the slums of Bangor.
0: just a little sidebar on that. I heard a little story of that um, when he actually got uh, published um his he didn 't have a phone his phone was broken, and they had to send him a telegraph. is that is that what you under, is that how you understand the story yeah
1: the the original the original uh, advance Steve sold for and this is just my understanding of a story that might have been handed down 17 times.
3: Right.
1: Steve got evicted from that trailer in Herman, Maine, mm-hmm. and he got a phone call one day saying, you know, Mr. King, come to the office. Your wife's on the phone. And he thought it was either two things. A child was hurt or he'd sold a book. Right. And what had happened is he had sold Carrie and the, the, Bill Thompson had to send them a telegram because they had no phone. And the telegram said, is a twenty five hundred dollar advance okay? Hmm. And that's that'd be like getting fifteen thousand dollars.
0: Yeah, that's sets his time to move out of the
1: trailer. Uh, yeah, but but he said Steve said, but by the time he got to the office to answer the phone, because they didn't have a phone. Right. So Tabby got the she she got the uh, she got the telegram. Had to find a way to call him, mm-hmm. and he said by the time he he got there, like he'd already put all his kids in caskets. Oh boy yeah, you know, because his his imagination is obviously robust um and and so he sold Carrie, and that kind of saved him from uh from even worse times than he was already in
0: you know michael there's um you're you're a great academic, and you've read a lot I'm sure you go you've gone behind the scenes on this. What do you think of some of the things that have that have affected his style? um I heard a few stories about it, but what are your thoughts about? What are the things that have kind of led him down the horror trail?
2: So I, I'll, I'll tell you a bit of a, a story that I, I think really identifies me with him and kind of his style. Um, mm-hmm. So the, the Shining is one of my favorite books of all time. And though it doesn't take place um, in Maine, it takes place uh, in Colorado after Steve. Uh, finally got some money for writing he thought to himself hey i'm gonna pack up my family move out to colorado try to find something out there that he could write." and and things weren't going as he planned and as he was doing this his alcoholism and his drug use were, were getting worse at the time mm-hmm. and uh you know he finds this place in the middle of the rocky mountains called the stanley hotel he goes up there uh he looks in the mirror and he says to himself i'm destroying my family mm-hmm. and that that was where he got the idea of the shining right he he got yeah. the idea of this character who you, you know when you read the book as an adult it's a it's a really different experience because it's not so much a horror story about um you know about a a haunted hotel it's it's a horror story about this person's life and mm-hmm. and how it's how it's really he he want he so desperately wants to save himself and his family but he doesn't think that he can and that's why i think it, it is is the beauty of steve right because he he he's not you know he, he's lived in the slums of bangor he he's had substance abuse problems he he and he is unafraid to put himself into his characters and that's why they feel so alive mm-hmm. so his real world experiences his trauma the things from his life are so evident In his writings that it's so easy to connect with them
0: so um jamie we know that he was involved in that uh, horrific car accident um how do you think that changed his um his life and his style
1: well you know steve has been clean and sober since 1987 Mm -hmm. and then he's on a daily walk and a guy plows into him at 50 miles an hour in a van Mm -hmm. and it wrecked him uh he, he barely survived but then he did survive. They they put a bunch of hardware in him, and then they gave him Oxycontin, mm-hmm. which is not what you give an addict. Right. And that literally set him back years. Mm-hmm. And because he, he, I said he did an interview with uh, BBC Hard Talk just the other day, or well, probably a month ago now. And he said, the day I got my first Oxycontin, I said, this is my new thing. Mm-hmm. But he, he couldn't not take it. Hmm. But he's an addict taking oxy. You know, he he there there was struggle there. Yeah. And it, it did uh set him back. It, most definitions of Steve aren't really associated with the accident. They're both they're mostly based on Steve, you know, before he got clean and after. And that's right. where the biggest, I think, shift in his writing happened. Yeah.
0: Yeah you know, Isaiah, this is uh, this is all adult talk here. Um, but it's all stuff that's real, but you're, you're like the new generation. You're like the guy who is ahead of his time. You're, you're picking up some pretty heavy books and, uh, and you're, um, you're absorbing them and, and you're articulating them. Um, where do you see your future as, do you see yourself as a potential writer? Um, Oh Well,
3: yeah, i Really don't know. I have done definitely, I've started writing some short stories every once in a while, all of them horror based, since that's my favorite. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't really know at all.
0: So, Keely, as a mom, um, how have you guided um, Isaiah's uh, understanding and absorption uh, of, of Stephen King books?
3: Well, I can take no credit for his understanding and absorption of them. I, I struggle as a mom with right. what to allow him to read and whether to do limits, but he has such passion for it. Right. And if you don't want to hold hold back his passion for, for reading his stories. He, he he's very good at negotiating and he's very good at wearing us down and getting approval. So yeah. I bought him the shine the other day.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay. Excellent. Excellent.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, this is a really hard question, Jamie. Um of all the children that have been in a Stephen King novel, um, what's gonna? Who's gonna need the most therapy?
1: <laughs> wow, most of them are dead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's say that they weren't. Who would need the most therapy?
1: Um, you know, uh, for for me, um, honestly, it was it was Danny Torrance. Mm-hmm. Uh, D- Danny Torrance had to. Literally survive on his own. Give a, little, give a little
0: background on, on Danny, just so our listeners oh, can catch uh, up with you. Yeah.
1: Well, da- Danny Torrance was a kid with the shine. He, was, uh, he had some uh, psychic ability. He could understand the world. He could understand his father unraveling while it was happening and understand there was, a, there was an evil thing called the overlook trying to consume him. Mm-hmm. And to survive all of that, while his his mother, you know, got incapacitated, but, uh, you know, before the end of the book, you know, Danny had to basically watch his father unravel, watch this hotel take control and use his father to get him. Mm-hmm. And, and, and watch his parents just basically mutilate each other mm-hmm. uh, along the way yeah uh, you know, the kids from the, the kids from the book it you know they you know we see them later we see them they've they've adjusted they've moved away all but one of them but uh until the movie, until the book Doctor Sleep, we never knew what happened to Danny, and he was the one probably most needing of like
2: professional help
0: mm-hmm. okay Michael I'm gonna put you on the spot as well, so same question
2: oh, I actually had one all picked out um <laughs> Ellie Creed needs so much therapy from the book Pet Cemetery. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it, that, so we, we all know the famous story that uh, you know Steve said that he never wanted to publish Pet Cemetery. Tabby told him not to publish it. It was one of the um, one of the uh, scariest book bu- books that he thought he had ever written, and he thought it was a, a bad book. Right. So he kind of brushed it off to uh, I believe it was Double Day, right? Right, mm-hmm. Jamie. Yeah. yeah so. Day. Yeah, he kind of dumped it on them because he owed him one more book and, and they kind of, you know, they ran with that, right? They made it the 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 book Stephen King was too scared to publish and became the super hit for Doubleday. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in the story, there's a family of four, the Creed family, and then one day Gage Creed uh, finds himself chasing a kite into the middle of a very busy highway and right. ends up getting, getting hit. And throughout the whole process of the story it's really it's really about um the father kind of losing his grasp on his his control from his grief because he has this tool the pet cemetery that can bring people back Mm -hmm. right and even if they're a little gone and at the end of that book the only one left is ellie creed Mm -hmm. and she she has to grow up uh alone and 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 i saw an interview with steve uh, a few weeks ago it might have even been a tweet where Someone asked him how Ellie Creed was doing, and she said, and he said, uh, she was adopted by a nice family, but still has nightmares every night of the pet cemetery. Right, so right, yeah, right. She, she she certainly had a rough one. I would have to go with Ellie Creed.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Jamie, I wanted to say a little bit about um, about the tour, um, and and um, I saw I saw a couple things as far as an influencer is concerned. I saw one. Th- uh, thing written by a woman by the name of Tatiana from uh, from Russia and uh, she was not a fan not a fan of um not a fan of horror not a fan of Stephen King but after your tour can you talk a little bit about Tatiana if you remember that uh, that little piece Oh I remember yeah.
1: her yeah. she's wonderful mm-hmm. and but the the experience is not unique if if there were five people on the tour at least one of them is not a Stephen King fan. They're just a supportive, significant other. Right. And I try to talk about as much of a breadth of, of Stephen King works, he's not just a horror writer. He's a suspense writer. Right. He, is, uh, he writes mysteries. He writes nonfiction. He writes so much. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, sooner or later, you know, over because I also get three hours to work on people to get them to want to read Stephen King. Mm-hmm. And usually, you know, near an end, the person who has never read a Stephen King book in their life will say, what should I start with? Right. And I can mention a few books. It's, it's very common for people to forget that Steve's written other things. I mean, there are people that don't know that Steve wrote Shawshank Redemption.
0: Yet, yeah, Stand By Me.
1: Or the body that turned to yeah. stand by me. Yeah. you know, those are great. Those are some of the best movies of our of our generation. Mm-hmm. Much less The Green Mile, but everyone knows the sequel The Green Mile. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's pretty common for people to say, "I'm not a big horror fan," or "I don't like the telekinetic stuff." Mm-hmm. You know, w- what is there? And I can I can mention a number of great books for them.
0: Mm-hmm. If um. Isaiah, if you were to meet Stephen King, what are what are a couple of questions you would ask him?
3: Um. Well, I would. I, it would be there'd be probably a lot. Um. I would ask him, like I know you could probably look it up and find some sort of answer about. Just ask him, like how he got into horror. Mm -hmm. Like even though you could really find it just to hear it from him would be so different.
0: Have you ever seen him, uh, in Bangor? Have you ever seen him or in Maine, any place you ever been in, you know, just Uh, seeing him wandering around it at all?
2: No.
0: How about, how about you, Mike? Have you ever seen uh, Stephen King in his natural habitat?
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, I've, uh, I've been up to Bangor probably nine, ten times by now. And I have this, uh, This thirty or twenty fifth anniversary edition of it, there's only like thirty five hundred copies in existence. The leather bound edition. I I, the only time it leaves the house is when I go to Bangor because I'm like, well, if I see him, I would I like I just want to show like be like this is like you mean this much to me, right? But but I never see him, and I'm pretty sure it's because I always bring it with me, right? So so I'm at this catch twenty two where if like well if I don't bring it, I'll see him. But if I bring it, I won't see him. So, so I might put that to the test next time and leave it at home. I, I have I have seen him three times uh, on book tours, however, and it's it's always he's always great and is always great with the crowd and it's it's always a great experience.
0: Yeah, I actually was on business one time, and uh, I think it was the uh, late '80s, and I I was um, just went to the movies on my own like a Sunday night, and just in front of me was uh, was Stephen King, and I was like. You know, don't don't be uh, don't be a fan. Don't be you know, be cool, be cool. But I couldn't be cool. I was like shaking, like that's Stephen King. Are you kidding me? You know, so right. it's uh, it's pretty neat just to to know that he's uh, he's he's out there and there's that possibility, there's that chance. Um, I would I would think that Jamie. That's what some people maybe hoping to see if they looked in a window at his house where he doesn't really live, right? <laughs> oh,
1: I I I get people. Uh One of the biggest questions I get mid-tour is, you know, are we going to get to see Stephen King? Yeah. very rare. I only saw him like a dozen times last year.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that's more than Mike. That's more than Mike. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah. But, you know, one thing I say is, if you think of the movie Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. Right. Everyone in Hollywood is connected to Bacon. Yes. In some way. Uh Uh-huh. Everyone in Bangor is two degrees of Stephen King.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: He is just a regular. He's a standard. He's not some amazing thing. He's just a guy who's got a job who does it fairly well and is very well paid for it.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, So it's very common for us to see him.
0: Yeah, he's just yeah. he's a regular meaner like me. He's a regular meaner. No, he's not. He's he's extremely brilliant. And uh, and he's made his mark on on the planet um in the writing world. And um he's reaching new people. Um my son just who's 19, just said I just bought four like four Stephen King books. He didn't know I was doing this interview tonight. And uh, so I love it that he's starting to at 19 is still trying is, is kicking in, you know? And uh, so listen, this has been a great conversation. It's a starter, I think, in terms of other people kind of getting uh, into the Stephen King world, come to me and see Stephen King, meet other artists and, uh, and writers here. Hey, listen, I want to thank you so much, Isaiah. Thank you for coming. I want to appreciate your, your, your input. In um, in your mom Keeley, thank you so much, um, you guys for doing this. Um, I'm hoping that somehow this will inspire you to to write or do something else. Michael Hayden from Villanova, thank you for coming. Appreciate your time. Of coming course, up, thank you
2: so much for having me.
0: Yep, and Jamie, hey, um, tell our listeners a little bit about where would they can find you. How do they get tickets to uh, to the SK tours?
1: All they have to do is go to the website Mm sk-tours.com, and if there's a tour available, they'll be able to see it online and they can book. But they should book as soon as possible. Uh, I'm filling up. I'm filling up quickly, Uh, only because I'm only filling the vehicle half full. Right. Yes. Right now. So so I only have limited seats, but there are regular tours. There are private tours Uh, planned in advance. Come to Bangor, and and we will have a good time. I promise.
0: That's great. Listen, everybody, thank you so much. This has been so exciting, and I'm start to I'll break open some new books as well, some old books, and have fun with that, guys. Thank you so much again. This is Brian Bickford, mainly matters the travel and tourism channel. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you. Night.
2: Thank you. Great. Thank you so much. Thank
0: you. Thank you.